Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And we are back here again with the same two people that we've been here with the entire time. Because it's a, we were on a streak there where we had like a couple weeks with guests and whatever. You're getting some different voices and now it's just us again. So I don't really know what to make of that. Maybe we suck. Do we suck? Ah, I feel like we're doing pretty well, man. I gotta, I gotta hype yourself up. Help hype ourselves up. Well, this like this kind of segues into exactly what I was gonna say about next week already, and we're like thirty seconds in. But dude, we have a we have a big guest coming out next week. Yeah, I'm excited. We have I'm not gonna spoil it, but we have a, definitely a big figure in the community. I think someone a lot of our listeners are gonna enjoy. So uh, I'm personally excited to film that episode. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was weird too because he reached out to us, and I was like, wait, we're supposed to reach out to you. But hey, man, sick. We take those. <laughs> It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sick. We're gonna do a, a whole video thing, get that up on YouTube, get some TikToks going. Obviously, the podcast here as always, but it's gonna be pretty good. Um, sorry, getting off track here. Uh, first of all, how was your week, man? How was how was testing? How was all that stuff? Uh, week was good, very busy. Uh, with non Pokemon stuff as well, life stuff, work, all that. But yeah, testing was good. I spent a lot of the weekend just playing. Uh, I recorded some videos from my YouTube. Um, spent a lot of time playing Chen Pao, but I spent a lot of time playing. With and against Roaring Moon, um, I theoried some like Golden Codex. I played some Lugia. Uh, so yeah, it's, honestly, I've played a lot of Pokemon. I have, I think, I have a sense for where the early Paradox Rift meta is, but obviously, lots going to change between now and uh, next week for LAIC. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like you can take so much off of these like limitless Mickeys that honestly, sometimes you don't really need to even do your own testing with all this like junk that you don't need to waste your time with so you can kind of just pick what you want now and just i guess one trick a lot of things um i'm I'm in a similar spot like just been trying to go around test everything new that's like remotely interesting spend some time on moon spend some time on maridon spend some time on pow actually surprisingly too which lucas says i'm banned from playing because i didn't play when it was cool um but that's neither here nor there um yeah like i i think we have a good idea of where this meta is kind of shaping up to go uh i think we definitely have a better grasp of what's going on now than we did last year like leic time in in a similar situation yeah i'd agree i think i think the interesting thing about limitless is like people are gonna have kind of stock lists that you can kind of test against and like a lot of people might play them um yeah it's kind of crazy that limitless limitless exists like imagine leic was just like completely blind and like everyone was just playing whatever like i think you saw that last year a bit with Lugia, where everyone's list was kind of like all over the place. Like I was playing trekking shoes in Lugia. Like a bunch of people were playing like uh, like three choice belts. So yeah, I definitely think we're gonna have a more refined metagame even going into it. Um, but yeah, it's I don't think it'll be like last year where we're gonna have like a bunch of Lugia and a bunch of different lists. It's pretty crazy too how like it's only been a year since that point, but it just feels like limitless and like online data and like facebook twitter all this stuff has evolved so much even within just like the calendar year to the point where like I, and i don't know like this is obviously just a hunch i don't really have stats to back this up but it felt like there was maybe like one or two tournaments every day like back maybe a year ago when we were trying to prep for laic but now like you look at limitless there's like 10 sometimes 20 tourneys a day where you just yeah, have endless crazy. amounts of data yeah it's pretty cool to be honest i think I think it's a really good source of testing. Uh, like you can play like what's it called PTCG Live Ladder, uh, but again, you're playing random decks, random skill levels. At least if you play these online tournaments, like there's some decent players who play them. And honestly, if you start winning games, like you're facing other decent players. So yeah, I think it's a really cool way to test. I think it's um, it kind of gives people a sense of what to expect. But 
Yeah, definitely cool. Yeah, and like I was talking about this, I think with someone in Toronto. Oh, I was talking with Dalton Cross uh, in Toronto. He's someone I played against multiple times. I played him at Worlds too. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I was talking about like this entire exact thing with him. How like live, it, it feels so slow and it feels so like random. Like sometimes you just like, and I don't know how much you play, but I don't play enough to keep my ranking super high. Like I'll play yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like my ranking when it resets is back to like slow poke tier or whatever. Because it takes forever is. to like level up, like. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I hit a lot of junk at the beginning of every month, so, like, it just takes forever to, like, get, find formidable opponents, and, like, Dalton was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, I play in all these, like, limitless Mickeys, and, like, yeah, like, maybe you're not playing against the best caliber of player all the time, but at least you know you're in, like, a tournament setting, you're gonna get some stuff done, like, your testing is mostly meta decks once you get out of, like, that, like, 1-0 or 2-0 gauntlet, like, once you get to 3-0, 4-0, like, you're hitting good decks and you're hitting like innovative things too that make you think. So he's a big fan of them, honestly. And like after talking with him, I was like, you know what? I think I need to hop in this too because limitless, like, uh, limitless tourneys are actually like a fantastic resource that I think are a little bit underused. And I know like there's not a whole lot of prizing associated with them, there's not a whole lot of like fame either associated with them. Like they're not like the most attractive things to go and try and win, but I definitely think it's more attractive. Uh, as a player when you're trying to test than ladder sh- ladder is currently like it's not like ptcgo where everything used to be fast yeah 100 percent. i remember last year and i see when i was testing like the turbo champ pal like i was testing it in the late night <laughs> limitless tourney yeah. with my friends so yeah it's definitely a good place to test so yeah if you want to have a higher quality testing you don't really have a testing group i'd say definitely check out the limitless tournaments or if your testing group is lazy like mine, like it's it's just a fantastic way to get over. Yeah, exactly. Or or you live in a city like Toronto where everything is like Toronto's like an hour away from Toronto. You know, it is. You have to so go like all over the place. People is so difficult. Um, like just meeting up with people and finding like a central location. Like even for us, right? Like we've been trying to find a place to centralize our podcast and and have a studio. Like we can't even find one. Yeah, it is just tough. Because uh, I don't have a car, mainly. But yes, also because Toronto is so big. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> I mean, I live, I live downtown. I don't need a car. Yeah, it's true. You don't need a car. It is true. Except for recording um, podcasts. The, honestly, it's a good reason to buy a car. I think you just dropped the 20 grand. Um, yeah. But <laughs> let's hop into, uh, let's hop into, like, I, I guess let's talk personally about what you like so far. I know, you, I'm sorry. I know you've done this for your YouTube. You've done this for another <laughs> podcast you said already um but like just take us through what you've been testing what you like um what are your thoughts as we have what is it a week and a half to LAIC yeah it's uh I think 10 days from when we're recording this so uh I mean I've been playing Chen Pao a lot I still really like the deck uh Iron Hands is for real I think the deck is very good I think Iron Hands takes a bad matchup in Lost Zone makes it good he takes 50-50s and like Maridon and Lugia makes them good uh, so it's been feeling really good. Um, I've been testing Lugia. It feels like whatever. Um, like mm-hmm. Charizard early now that you have like the fire energy. That feels good. Iron Hands feels good. But his Roaring Moon matchup feels shaky. And it feels really shaky that Luminion is to be prizing his hands now. So uh, that's interesting. Um, I've like briefly messed around with like Iron Valiant. Uh, it's just a cheese deck. <laughs> it's like kind of fun when you win with it, but then you like you get paired up against like Roaring Moon or like Maridon. You're like, all right, I just lose. <laughs> um, so yep. that's not as fun. What else have I messing around with? Uh, oh, I've been messing around with like Charizard X with Klefki and TM Evolution. That's oh, been interesting. I don't know if it's like amazing, but the concept's kind of cool. Like if you start Klefki, you actually lock out half these decks, uh, which mm-hmm. I really like. So 
Uh, I think, yeah, Klefki is a card I've been exploring a lot in a lot of my decks. I think that in combination with Evolution and TM is pretty interesting. But yeah, just testing that, and then uh, I've been playing against a lot of, like, Giratina. I've been testing against um, Roaring Moon a lot, so just trying to, like, get a good handle of how, how all the new meta decks interact with all the old ones. Um, yeah, yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, like, uh, and, and, like, just touching on what your point was there with um, how, like, Klefki just shuts everything down. I think, like, especially when you have a card pool as deep as this one is, like, as it currently stands, like, the card pool is just so deep. There's so many cards to choose from. You're going to have cards that, like, disappeared, like, two, three months ago, popping their heads back up. And, like, there's always going to be, like, that endless cycle of, like, hi, Arceus still exists or whatever it is, right? Um, But, yeah, like, I agree. And I think what we said a couple weeks ago, I think you and I were one of the first people to say it where we're like, we don't, know if the meta is really going to change too too much and just from like early data and from what we're seeing from japan honestly that seems to be quite true obviously roaring moon is a is a a big archetype it's got a lot of a lot of percentage of of players playing it at most these tourneys but for the most part from what i've seen and what i've gathered like it's mostly old decks and like even decks like gardevoir are still really really good and i was testing uh i was testing gardevoir actually this week and Garvor was one of those decks where I was like, I don't know if this survives all this other new fast stuff. I somehow think it got better. I, I, I don't know how, but the TM evolution is so, so good. And I think it takes good matchups into a lot of, uh, a lot of different decks right now. Um, and especially like, obviously you're, you're in trouble against like Valiant. You're in trouble against some of these other like iron hands abuser decks potentially, but you have good matchups into into a lot of the format. If you get going, you get going fast. Um, I think there's a lot of focus right now on just like decks overrunning you and just trying to go faster than you. And I think Gardevoir just trades so well once they get set up. Yeah, I mean, like Gardevoir gets Countercatcher, which has been like a massive card. Uh, the fact that you can Iono and Gust in the same turn, I think is massive. The Screamtail is kind of cute. It's kind of nice. I actually don't even know if you need it, but the only thing I don't like about Gardevoir is like uh, Maridon is now a bad matchup now that they have Iron Hands and like it does yeah. seem like Chen Pao is going to be fairly popular and like that matchup is it was already bad but now it's worse with Iron Hands so but I do agree like the rest of the format like it's still fine like uh, they can still beat a lot of things if you want to play Jirachi to make your Lost Zone matchup good now you can play Jirachi so uh, I think I would say like the deck itself got stronger with the cards but I'd say its placement in the meta got slightly worse um but yeah, it's still a good deck. Like it's not dead or anything for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see like where it ends up. And like obviously, I don't I don't think LAIC is the tourney to really judge that off of. Like best of 350 obviously is, is a little bit different to online Mickeys or League Cups or whatever. But I definitely think Gardevoir is a place in the meta. Um personally, like what I've been testing a lot, what I've been liking is uh I, I tried I started with Roaring Moon. I, I really liked it to begin with. I thought it was really fast, I thought it was really strong. I still think those things, but I think it has like kind of like that old Maridon syndrome where it's so fast, it's so good. Out of a nine-round tournament, you're going to pop off five, six times, like in five or six rounds. But I feel like you're always going to accrue that like those like two or three losses where you just don't really do anything. And there's a lot of decks that when they just start out, they kind of have like that that syndrome. I like to call it Maridon syndrome because that's what Maridon used to be like right when it came out. Um, how like you were and kind of how Mew was as well where it, it didn't really incorporate path at the beginning you weren't playing disruption cards you were just kind of doing your own thing and hoping your opponent couldn't respond and I think Roaring Moon's in the exact same spot that being said 
there is a very, very real chance it wins LAIC. I think it's a great deck. I think it's really strong. I think they're with the right players, with the right lists, there's going to be one or two that pops off and no one's really going to be able to deal with it. But I do think um, as a whole, it was a little bit underwhelming for me just off of the off the hop. Like there were quite a few games where I was like, okay, just after turn one, just go next. Um, the other one I've really been liking is uh, is Maridon. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. I didn't think I'd ever go down this path, but <laughs> thanks, man. I, I, it sounds so stupid, but I literally went to that league cup just to, just to practice Maridon because the deck mostly stays the same, right? Um, like the the principle of the deck, all that stuff. I had never really played the deck prior to that league cup, so I was just like, all right, whatever. Let me just show up and see what happens. And I think um, I learned a lot about the deck that day. I learned maybe it's not as body as I thought it was but I, I still think it is really body. Um, I, I do think it gets better, though. And I think um, I am not sold on Tapu Koko yet. I, I think it's cool. I like the idea. It's giving me flashbacks to, like, Reset Stamp Raichu. That stuff is fun, but I'm not entirely sure how many applications it really has because yeah, you just lose the Switch. It's literally only, I think, good against Charizard EX, but they play Escape Rope in that deck. Uh, it's good against Gardevoir EX. They ever talk with Gardevoir, but, like, they're probably not attacking with Gardevoir EX. So... Yeah, I don't really see a situation right now where you need it. I'd rather just one-shot my opponent's active. But, uh, yeah, on that note, I think Maridon and Roaring Moon are kind of in similar spots in the metagame. Roaring Moon is definitely more consistent, and it has a higher damage cap because it has no damage cap. Uh, but the Maridon deck, like, you get to use Iron Hands. So that was kind of the trade-off I found. It's just both decks are still the same. Like, it's, like Roaring Moon, it's like your, your game plan is very linear. It's, okay, I'm just going to turn one Roaring Moon, Roaring Moon again. Roaring Moon again. So there's very little counterplay with the deck, which is fine. Like, the deck's consistent. Like, it does what it needs to do. Um, but if your opponent can execute their strategy, like, they're going to know exactly what you're capable of and what you're trying to do. So, yeah, the deck feels very solid. Like, I I would say it's probably good tier 2 deck. Like, it's probably, like, low tier 1 even, maybe. Um, but I definitely think it'll be very popular at LAIC. Like, it's pretty fun. It's pretty simple. Um... People who like Maridon will probably like Roaring Moon. Uh, but I guess people who like Maridon can still play Maridon. So, yeah, I think those two decks will will make up a decent chunk of the meta. Yeah, I, I liked Roaring Moon in theory as well. And I, I and I also love the fact that the second attack is actually, like, very usable. Yeah, it's when very good. I was good. playing the deck, yeah, the only problem I had when I was playing the deck is I felt that I was just losing to late, late game Ionos with Path. And, and, like, I know a lot of decks have that problem, but it felt super bad getting Iono to, like, one or two. Um, and, like, I don't know, like, with with a deck like that, you almost can't afford to miss a turn, and that turned me off a little bit. It's not like Charizard, where you're just, like, a big, bulky dude. Like, if there's a turn where you're just, like, burning darkness and doing nothing else, you're kind of okay if you get Iono Pathed. Um, but with Roaring Moon, you're, you're, you don't have that bulk. You don't have, like, that versatility, really. Like, you're going 2-2-2 two, two, two most of these games. And uh, losing a turn of tempo is huge. So that was the one thing that kind of turned me off of Roaring Moon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, Maradon kind of has that problem too, where Iono can kind of stick. But I guess with the Roaring Moon, like the idea is you want to like just set up backup Roaring Moons and then like kind of thin your deck. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have been playing Celebrations Mew to kind of just have a nice starter and like even just like get yeah, end of the game, protect themselves. So uh, yeah, it's like. Like you're saying, it's kind of linear. It's kind of vulnerable to stuff like that, but definitely, definitely solid. Um, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of uh, the other really interesting one that I wanted to talk about that was new is uh, 
well valiant obviously but specifically the, the version of valiant with ente have you seen that yeah uh i think it's interesting so i guess the idea there is like ente like in the early games a little bulky against some decks like i mean like obviously it still has low hp but yeah just setting things up to get one shot with ente is kind of cool and then you have enough valiance where you can just pick off like basics and stuff to to kind of swing the prize trade um i think it's interesting i don't know how strong it is uh but i do think like that's actually a really cool way to play the deck yeah it's been doing quite well uh just like from looking at like limitless stuff it's been doing pretty well and and i think and maybe maybe i'm wrong about this but it looks like at least like visibility wise to be the strongest version of valiant right now obviously there's a couple valiant rapid strikes still popping around and all that but as far as like success goes at least in the last recent days it does seem like this is kind of taking a, a chokehold on that yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I'm just on Limitless here on their online data. So, Iron Valiant, it's Roaring Moon win percentage, twenty percent. <laughs> nice, nice. But then you go, you go to like Chen Pao, it's seventy percent. You go to like Lost Box, it's like seventy percent. Uh, then you go like Charizard X, like it's down to fifteen. I don't think it's that bad. There's not a big enough sample size, but yeah, like the thing is, if you're playing Iron Valiant, you're literally just like, okay, like, do I hit an Evolution deck? I win. If I did not hit an Evolution deck, I lose. <laughs> That's just how the deck feels to me. So, I wouldn't really pick it for a tournament. Like you're, it's very hard to go deep just because like over 15 rounds, like just the odds are you're going to like face a lot of basic decks. Um, but it's fun. Like it's kind of degenerate, but <laughs> it is fun to pull off, like go turn one yoga loop until like next turn do G-Max, I think Rapid Flow it's called. So Dude, yeah. it seems fun. Like <laughs> from the outside looking in it, I think it's one of those decks where it's like the grass is greener kind of thing. Like if you're not playing it, you're like, okay, sick, sick. This looks unreal. And then you start playing it. You're like, okay, I understand hundred percent. <laughs> this isn't that good um the one thing i've seen as well like there's just not as much lost box running around which is which is obvious like this was obviously going to happen um and the lost boxes i do see are the uh the radiance art version yeah which I think you uh, have to play it like that yeah which can be a little scary for you too right like because you're trading in two to one effectively and 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 i feel like after a while a good lost box player is going to stop benching comfies i would hope so you run out of food pretty fast in that sense yeah, I just think the reasoning like that version is more popular is um, if you just Iron Hands Lost Box, like the traditional version, they don't have a good response. Like yeah. they need a two prizer to knock it out and then like you just take two prizes again. So yeah, Charizard, Charizard just as a card is super strong in this meta in my opinion. Like I think a lot of decks should try and find a way to have the Charizard, Radiant Charizard package. Uh, mm -hmm. 250 like knocks out Chen Pao, it knocks out Maridon, uh, it knocks out Roaring Moon if they don't have the tool uh, and uh, knocks out Iron Hands. So I think it's strong, and then obviously turn two Lost Mine is still good. Um, it is a little sketch that if someone plays Jirachi in their deck, like half your deck strategy is just gone. <laughs> <laughs> but if people aren't playing Jirachi, like I think Lost Box Charizard is the way to go. Um, I think it definitely has, in theory, like a really strong matchup spread. I haven't seen a whole lot of Jirachi yet. I don't know. Have no. you? No, not really. Like I think a lot of I've seen a lot of evolution decks like Charizard and Gardevoir include it, but yeah. I haven't seen it in a lot of things like. I actually, I've been considering putting it in my Chen Pao deck because we can talk about this deck next, but like Giratina is kind of seeing an uptick in play. Uh, so I think that that's a good card to have against them. And then, yeah, if I face any, like even like Iron Valiant, you can block Yoga Loop. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about that card. Uh, I don't think it'll see huge play, but it is something to keep in mind because I think any deck that includes Jirachi just like instantly becomes a bad matchup. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. I think well, I'm, uh, there's obviously like a lot of a lot of room for tech cards now. Um, the the card pool, like I said, is so deep, but it also feels like lists are kind of getting tighter just because there's so yep. many like 
different random cards that you're seeing like random stadiums all the time like and now people are kind of making room for countercatcher you're making room for like sometimes there's turtle scenario which is a good card as well people are making room for that and a lot of evolution based builds there is a lot more tech cards there is a large card pool so you're going to see a lot of different cards um touching on your point about tina tina does seem to be the most popular deck in japan which is like bonkers to me i mean so. it's always popular in japan like i feel like it's always overrepresented there compared to to the west yeah yeah it definitely seems that way i'm just surprised that like now with all these like cool pokemon all these new pokemon that people are still gravitating towards tina yeah i mean it's just people gravitate to what they think is good i guess like uh in theory tina has a really good matchup spread like charizard x is still popular you're pretty good against that uh i think roaring moon matchup is fine to be honest uh, i have to test that one more but it's probably like either slightly favored 50 50 i think chen pao is uh it's probably 50 50 with iron hands now um then like i don't know what else is a popular deck like Gardevoir. Like you're pretty decent to Gardevoir. You're pretty decent yeah, you're like to Maridon. Fine. Yeah, I don't know. It just, in theory, like, it doesn't really have any, like, super bad matchups. Like, Lugia is, like, I feel like kind of falling off. Like, it was already falling off a bit at the end of the last format, but, like, I think it'll see less play now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, think it's just well positioned. I mean, like, Lugia's probably going to drop to, like, a 5%, 6% deck, in my opinion. I, I uh, think I still, it might be even less. Yeah, I can see it being even less, to be honest. Like, people are excited to play new cards. Like, it didn't... I mean, like, it gained Iron Hands, but Iron Hands is also really bad for it. Like I was saying earlier, if you just knock out Luminion for three prizes. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And the only one left that we... Actually, I think there was a couple more, but the one I also want to talk about is Mew, because Mew keeps popping its head out. Um, I think... Oh, there's also Goldengo, which I will talk yeah, about, talk touch about that in a sec. Okay. Um, yeah. That that one's cool. I just don't know how realistic that one is, but I've been seeing it do well. I know a lot of decent players are definitely considering it or at least testing it out, so that's interesting. But Mew does seem to be popping its head out. Um, I've tested the Mew versus Roaring Moon matchup. It is not as impossible as it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a case for Mew to survive in that matchup. It's specifically, the Meloetta build is, is really good in that matchup. Definitely better than the uh, the Path version. Yeah, I don't uh, think you can Mew, play DT Mew in this format. Yeah, if you go second into that matchup, you effectively just lose already. Even if you go first, I think you lose. <laughs> we were testing it. It was going... Like, if I went first, it was about mm, 45-55, I would say. I feel like you almost want to go second just so you can judge Path them like right away. I don't know. They can't. There, there's definitely a case to be made for that. It's just the fact that you need to evolve to attack yeah, is so true. grief. Because I mean, like, it's if Roy so Moon grief. gets to turn one attack, they just win the game, which I feel like they get a lot. Yeah. the The other way to look at it, though, too, is you can almost afford, like, if you do go second, I guess there is an argument to be made that you can afford to give up the first two prizes because it doesn't really matter, anyways. They still have to I, go through two V maxes. They still do, but like, I don't know if. It just seems bad to me because like I just I don't see them whiffing an attack and like they one shot you every single time. So, well, you lose immediately if they set up two roaring moons, basically. Like, yeah, <laughs> it honestly isn't that two, hard. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if they sought it for two, just go next, bro. Like, yeah, it's over. But yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I think you need to play Malawetta because I actually think you need to go second and you need to turn one knockout with Malawetta. Like, I think that's how you win that matchup. Um, because mm-hmm. if you take the first knockout, okay, like now, yeah, you just win the prize trade. But if you let them take the first knockout, then 
they just wouldn't have registered. So <laughs> one thing, and and you can go Meloetta. The other thing you can do as well is you actually don't even need to go Meloetta on turn one. You can also, if they bench a Squawk, just chill and then use an Ice Key later in the game to snipe out a Squawk. Uh, um, yeah, but then really you have like, like boss targets on your board. For sure, yeah, of course, you always are gonna have targets. But there's like there's like merit in my opinion. Like I think obviously if you have the Meloetta, you take it, but. I think even if you miss it, you do have a half decent backup plan. If you attach a fusion to like a a random UV or random genocide that's not going to be targeted down on the first turn, and then you Elisa attach again to the Ice Q, it's actually pretty decent. Like I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, this makes sense because if you combine that with a Judge or, or sorry, you're you're releasing that turn, but if you combine that with some sort of disruption like a Path or something, and your opponent doesn't have the boss, it kind of just just basically buys you a turn. Yeah, that's true. I, I still think the matchup is bad, but yeah, you ha- it's winnable. It's not no it's, yeah it's definitely bad i agree it's definitely bad yeah yeah and i mean like um, no one's gonna play spirit tomb in my opinion either so if you like playing mew you probably mm-hmm. have uh not no worries on that yeah exactly uh the other one i wanted to touch on was goldengo what are your yeah, thoughts fuck. on goldengo and why do you think it's a bot deck uh i actually think it's decent like i really like that you don't have a two prize liability on your first turn so you actually like out trade Maridon, you trade Roaring Moon because you're forcing him to take a one prize always. And it's kind of nice. You have built-in draw to your, to your guy. You can play Scizor, so you have a nice little one prize attack where you can squeeze in there. Uh, just the one thing I don't like is it's kind of susceptible to path. And, like, you can't preemptively put energy on your board. Like, so, for example, if you play Chen Pao, like, you can super retrieval, put them down. Like, let's say you want to play Iono or something, or, like, a research. With, like, Golden Goal, like, you have to hold them all in your hand. So, yeah. Uh, like, you kind of have to just rely on, like, Golden Goes, like, your draw, like, I don't know, play, like, Worker or Avery, like, draw three cards, so, like, keep building your hand, uh, which feels kind of awkward. Uh, and you are definitely more susceptible to, like, Roxanne, Iono Path, since you can play Bibberl, but, uh, like, Golden Go is normally your draw option. But it does feel decent. Like, I actually think its matchup spread, in theory, isn't that bad. Um, I think Scizor is good into Chen Pao. Like, just one prize to one-shot them is nice. Uh, but... Yeah, it's kind of yet to be seen if this is actually a real deck or not. Surprisingly enough, and looking at like limitless data for online tournaments, it's actually the fifth most played deck right now. Um, yeah, not, it's a new deck, so I think people like trying it out. It's also fun. Like it has a cool ability. Like its attack is really fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one that's strike like sticking out to me right now in terms of win percentage is Tina at fifty six percent. This might be scary hours, man. This might actually be scary hours. Uh, I mean, I feel like this always happens. <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't. I have not seen this happen with. Uh, like, I know it's obviously inflated in in the east a lot with Tina, but this seems like it's translating pretty well. Yeah, no, it's just like I'm saying. So, like, I I actually couldn't name you like a really bad matchup for it in the meta. Um, yeah, it bricks itself sometimes, but like every deck on this list does. Yeah, uh, and like actually, I'm looking here too. Like the highest win rate deck is actually Lost on Charizard. It has. 60% like small yeah. play rate but yeah like it seems like they're decent like because it's just more like Giratina and like Radiant Charizard like you just you're one-shotting these big basics which is nice Giratina is probably the deck that uses Roxanne Path the best and like if you Roxanne Path and you have like a 280 HP Pokemon uh, that's actually really hard for most decks to get through so and I think what we've also learned as well like into two weeks or sorry a week now of uh Paradox testing is that like Iron Hands isn't as easy to pull off and even less easy to stream. So, like, even going into, like, Lost Box Zard or Lost Box Tina, like, 
even if if someone iron hands you, you normally have a response, and that response is enough to kind of wipe out that iron hands for the rest of the game. Uh, I think against Chen Pao, it's pretty easy for them to do it again. But yeah, against like Maraidon and Lugia, like it's actually like almost impossible for them to stream it. So yeah, Pao's the one exception to that. Yeah, because the thing I found with Pao, like the reason Iron Hands is even, I don't think I mentioned this before, it's better. Like, okay, let's say like I attack like I don't know, like a Sableye against Giratina with Iron Hands. It's like if you rock, if you want to like Rock's hand and like Sableye my Bibril, okay, well that's just another two free prizes. And then if you if you want to use Tina to take it out, which you kind of have to do, uh, okay, then I'm just gonna Chen Pao your Tina. So. Um, but yeah, if you face like Mariadon, for example, they need to like Generator, Flaffy, like it's really hard for them to keep doing it. And like they need to play Super Rod or something, which is kind of hard for them to search out in conjunction with something else. Like Chen Pao, they're just going to like go Pokestop, Bibril, Irida, they're going to get it. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Giratina and I think Lost Box Charizard, they both handle Iron Hands the best out of all the Lost Sun decks. So I think that's probably why their win rate's kind of higher here. Uh, which I makes think sense. there's definitely a case to be made now for uh, for more Maradons to be playing the Arvin-based build, where you do have that search for, uh, you can go Super Odd Stone or Super Odd whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, you're still not reliably chaining Iron Hands, and it doesn't matter. And even if you play down two Flaffies, you're kind of griefing yourself as well because you're putting your opponent yeah, back prizes. in the prize <laughs> range. Yeah. And I know, obviously, they're not playing Greninja anymore, like, if they're playing Zard, but it's still grief, man. Like, you still don't want to do that. Yeah, because Sableye just cleans those cleans those up and they put some damage out of guys. So, yeah, it does feel a bit awkward. I saw a couple lists. They're playing double turbo in Maridon, which is kind mm. of interesting. But, I mean, it's yep. kind of hard to draw. Like, if you play one or two, like, you have to notch your draw or you have to, like, use your forest for it. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely very hard. And then Lugia, like, unless you're playing Clara or something or, like, Super Odd, like, you can't do it more than once. Or Thornton, I guess. But Yeah, no uh, one's doing that. So, so. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. so... What are your thoughts as now that we're 10 days out? So if LASC was tomorrow, what you, what would you lean towards? Maybe your top three. Uh, probably Chen Pao number one. Uh, number two, I don't know what number two would be. <laughs> I just so heavily on the Chen Pao. Let's see here. In theory, Lost Box Charizard sounds appealing to me, but I'd have to try it because I haven't played that a lot. And then probably third, I'd play my like Clef Key Charizard X deck. Nice. Okay. Like, I think there's going to be a lot more Charizard than what's represented here. I think Charizard's actually really strong right now, and I think there's a lot of, like, interesting, like, niche builds. Um, and the Brazilians are the ones it. who popularized Arvinzard, so. Yeah, yeah, so they might have something up their sleeve there. I think Zard's pretty good as well. I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to anybody playing that, to be honest. When I'm thinking of my top three, I actually have no idea what I'm doing, which is always comforting 10 days out from a tournament. Um, <laughs> I think right now, just because of comfort, I would be looking at Mew, I'd be looking at Maridon, I'd be looking at Roaring Moon. Those are three decks that I've tested extensively. And like the point of the season that I'm at, like where I'm at and what I want to do at LAIC, I just want to play something aggressive where I'm just like destroying things or getting destroyed just because like I've been playing like such grindy decks all year. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right, just to like beat things up. So that's where my heart lies right now. If LAIC was more than 10 days away, um, i.e. I had time to test, I'd be looking more at maybe like Tina or Zard or Goldengo, Gardevoir, like all those like very interesting decks that maybe haven't hit their full potential yet, or in the case of Tina, I guess it kind of has, but those decks that I think you would need to put a little bit more time into, I would uh, I would definitely look towards those. So for your League Cups, for stuff like that, maybe towards the end of the month, where you have LEIC data to work off of, definitely keep those open. I think those are all going to be uh, 
interesting. And and like if you asked me to predict a top eight right now, I would have no idea where to start. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, this will this event will kind of set the tone for like the initial meta. I think what San Antonio's the tournament after. I'm not going to that one, but uh, we'll kind of see. That one's gonna. Be, I think they have like two thousand people registered or something. So that'll be crazy. Um, yeah, that'll probably that, give us a better man. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, locals will be very interesting after after um, LAIC. So. Yeah, and I think like anybody going to LAC, you can obviously expect like the one thing you will be able to one hundred percent expect is a lot of Roaring Moon. Yeah, um, it has so. double the meta share of anything else. It has around a fifty fifty point five zero percent win rate, which is pretty good, um, especially considering like the amount of like randos who play in these these events. Um, it's pretty good, and I think yeah. like obviously like we saw uh, sorry with Lugia last year. Um, the most popular deck is going to be it's going to be there in abundance. It's an IC. It's a blind IC. People will be there. People will be playing it. Look f- look for that in your league cups as well. League cups I know are going to be running through LASE weekend. You're going to see a lot of moon. Uh, I know the card's twenty dollars each right now, but it doesn't matter. People are going to find a way to get it. People like it. It's turbo. It's beginner friendly. I think it's uh, it has all the makings to be a huge meta share deck. Yeah, one hundred percent agreed. I definitely think it'll be the most popular deck at LASE. Yeah. But yeah, I think we can, we can close out with that. A little bit of a shorter episode this week. Uh, we'll have another week of testing for you guys next week. Uh, next week is the tournament. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more refined ideas on all the decks and kind of where we're leaning and also have our exciting, exciting guest on. So uh, I think that's it for us today. I appreciate everyone listening. Anil, do you have any closing thoughts? Yes, sir. Um, do I have closing thoughts? No, I never really have closing thoughts, to be honest. I just normally, nice. uh, I don't really lean to you for closing thoughts. <laughs> uh, closing thoughts for me. Okay, let me think. Uh, ten days. There's ten days for most people. Really, it's eight days to get to LAIC uh, because you're going to be leaving on the Wednesday. You're going to be leaving something like that. Um, get all your testing in that you can, but don't overdo it. Like I would say, play something that you're comfortable with, especially in a meta like this where everything seems to be decently established. Like all the decks seem to have pretty good core lists. Just find a deck and, and just just go with it. And yeah. especially like a tournament that's so big, you don't know what the hell you're going to hit. Like you have no idea what you're going to hit in a nine round day. And Roaring Moon could be the most popular deck there and you don't hit a single one the whole day. So just prepare for it like you prepare for anything. Um, open mind, just kind of do your thing. Get on, get off the ladder, get into Limitless Tourney. <laughs> practice with your boys, all that stuff. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll have a YouTube video up. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Cool. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, see you next week. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.